Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You remember when we were younger, we played that game of, that's my car, mm-mm, that's my car. Or when we got dressed up for different things that were, you know, professional or what have you for Halloween. It got me to thinking, when did we stop dreaming? Like, what actually happened? Because we, as far back as I know, I was dreaming for quite some time. It was either dreaming about what your future kiss was going to look like, and I wrote down their names. I had a whole book full of like, oh, and their name's going to be rhyming with mine. And, you know, you have all those different things. And then what car I was going to drive and um, where I was going to live. And I had all these different ideas and dreams. And it's like, when did that stop? Did it stop when we got our first real big girl and big boy job? And we were like, oh, this is how much we get paid after tax taxes? And who is FICA? I just... I don't know. Listen, can I opt out of Medicare um, now? Because I won't need that for real, real later. So I don't really, you know, I don't really know. And all jokes aside, I just developed this mindset recently that I just wanted to call and share with you. Um, it's Operation No Stone Left Unturned for me. Meaning I will not continue to live a life where I'm not dreaming or executing my dreams or putting pen to paper for my dreams to come to pass. I'm just not in the space no more that I'm going to leave dreaming for uh, the pure hearted, you know, the children and people who don't know, you know, the overall scheme and grind of things. But I was watching this and what really ignited is I was watching this uh, post and this young woman told one of these um, motivational speakers, she said, you know, I would love one day to live in Paris. And he was like, okay, so what's stopping you? And it turns out wherever she lived, it wasn't too far from Paris. And he was like, what's stopping you from going and living in Paris right now? Like living in an apartment that may not be the most upscale, getting roommates, getting a job, but just being able to say, I lived my dream and that you're working on building on that. What, what's the, what's the holdup? And she didn't have an answer. And I was like, man, okay. First off, I, f I feel like there's a couple of things that fights again against our dreams. I kind of feel like we inherited someone else's version of you made it. You know, it looks like a certain house with a certain square footage in a certain neighborhood. It looks like your children look in a certain way with a certain level of academics with a certain look to them as well. Um, it also looks like you driving something. You also having a job that is something that, oh, where do you work? Oh, you know, you, you don't want that uh, when you say where you work, right? You also want it to look and appear as if you are financially well off, even if you're not when it comes down to, you know, looking at your bank statements and things. And it's kind of like timeout. If we are putting in all this effort to execute whatever this visionary passed on dream of someone else's, if that was placed on us, and so far, so good. We're handling it pretty well, right? Why don't we put that same energy, take off that coat of someone else's and put that same energy into walking out your plan, walking out your dream. And I think sometimes we're scared to kind of see what that will look like. Like when the motivational speaker was telling the young woman about living in Paris, when he was like, 
you know, you may have to get a crappy job and a crappy apartment just to initiate living out your dream. And her facial expression was like, you know why? Because oftentimes we relate our dreams to, okay, we're going to a higher status and a higher stature. Or we look at it like monkey bars. Like if I let go of this bar, I want to be able to just vertically, you know, horizontally go to the next bar just the same. We don't want to know that, oh, we have to go lower to then come higher or we have to kind of do a loop around and do something different oh I may have to sell that car to go ahead and drive a hoopty so oh I may have to downsize where I live in order to make said dream come true and it's like you know what honestly if that makes you do kind of like a like an Elvis lip impersonation then is it really even a dream at all like it will be such a disservice to live the rest of your life um, looking at yourself like a mannequin. And I know a lot of times prior to this conversation, I was guilty of that. When I applied for jobs, the way that it kind of trickled me was how would I feel if I told someone that I was working there? Would I be embarrassed? Would I be blah, blah, blah. And it's like, time out. When did we start? And that may not be your story, but I know if I'm experiencing someone else has as well. But when did we start using people to funnel our level of value, Right. Like, oh, you know, we're downsizing from a home now to an apartment. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Listen, I promise you the moment that someone else's opinion starts incurring interest in our bank account, listen, let all the opinions come come my way. Like, I'm very, very interested. But it's kind of like timeout. Again, is that the kryptonite to us living out our dreams? Does staying at home longer with a relative or your parents staying at home longer to make sure that you're financially grounded to then execute maybe your first business or the entrepreneurial lane or whatever is that kind of like oh it's the disdain because now you're in your mid-30s does working at a mm, fast food restaurant for a part-time job to make sure that you get out of debt is that also looked as uh Oh, that's where you work. You want to hurry up and hide your, you know, uniform as soon as you get out. You don't want to walk in it. You know, you don't want anyone to see you because it's just that level of embarrassment. And it gets to a point that it's like, can can we actually just be realistic with ourselves? Like, don't you want to go back to that young child that was dreaming? But instead of dreaming and not having, you know, all the, I guess the pencil to paper kind of things of what it's going to take now you actually can dream and put something into action would you be surprised if I told you that there's absolutely nothing that you dream of that you can't come to pass because I truly believe in my heart that God gives you a dream just for you to go after it I believe that he gives you the dream because you're the only one that's going to have the passion enough to go after it. That you're the only one that's going to move, you know, through water, rain, sleet, snow, whatever it is. You're going to make the adjustments that's needed to get to there. Because honestly, your dream won't motivate me that way because I'm not connected to it. And that's how you know when it's a dream, when it's an unmovable, unshakable man. Every time I think about this, it does bring up a new level of excitement. But every time I think about this, I just, I don't see a way to do it. And it may be because, and it may be related to the fact that you are funneling between how somebody else may think or how it may look from the outside. I mean, if we're just really honest with ourselves. 
The house is attainable. That's why the freaking market crashed the first time. Anybody can get a house. You can have your credit score and all that. Listen, anybody can get a house. Not everybody can keep a house. Anybody can get a job. Not everyone can keep a job. Anybody can get a... Anybody can get married. You can get married tomorrow in Vegas if you wanted to. But not everybody sustains a healthy marriage. And so it's kind of like, can we go back to just the drawing board, literally, where we are taking pen to paper and we're saying, okay, what's my dreams? Because I do believe that the dream stays in you, but it matures as you grow. So if the dream is, man, I've always wanted to travel the world and to do A, B, C, D, and E, then why aren't you do that? Do not tell me finances. Do not tell me, oh, because I have a family now. Absolutely not. Because you know what? When we really want something, when it's tangible, oh, we go and get it, right? And maybe you just need to make a plan to get to your dream that in five years, I'm going to clear up these finances and this debt so that I can go ahead and get to this thing. My thing is this, it may not be a right now, this minute, like the young lady that was talking about living in Paris, right? She had that affordability. She didn't have a family. She didn't, you know, she was a student. She lived at home with her mom. It was pretty much like pick up and go. That's the easiest way to go, right? But oftentimes it may look a lot like what's your plan to get there eventually at an age where you can actually breathe it, touch it, feel it and experience it and enjoy it. The dream, the dream was meant for it to be reality. I do not believe that we have dreams that's just like, oh, they just stay in your mind that, that, that then it should have just been a vision that would be like torture chamber, right? So at this point, it kind of feels like, do you want it to remain a vision or do you want it to become a reality? Because dreams should just be, you know, the intermediate stage. It shouldn't be the permanency of, of your thought process. I literally feel like, like if you look at your age right now, do you understand that you could have been halfway through, through a five, 10 year plan at this very point right now, at this very moment in your life, you could have been halfway through a plan. Did you add to getting that much closer to your plan? So I guess the first step is identifying what's the hindrance. Oh, I have children. Okay, but they grow up and whatever it is that your dream, I'm sure that it won't be a hindrance to them. If you're talking about moving out of state, that's not a hindrance. You're probably showing them a lifestyle that you never had. Okay, is, is it debt? Okay, so what are we going to do to chop down on this debt? You're looking at your bank account and you're like, uh, what are you willing to put in the work that it requires for you to get an additional job to start chopping away at this debt tree? Because I think it's it's a lazy mentality to feel like, oh, I have a dream. And you know deep down in your heart that you didn't do anything to, to, to add to that. Now, it's one thing to have a dream, to feel like I've tried everything in my power. Then that's just a matter of, okay, so you know what? You're still in preparation mode. And the only thing that you're waiting for is for God to go ahead and open up an opportunity. Because as long as you're prepared, you will never miss an opportunity. As long as you have a ready-made resume and somebody says, hey, can I, you know, I know such and such is hiring. You'll, you'll be the first few applicants, right? As long as you walk around with a business card and you're saying, saying, hey, I do this and I offer this kind of services. And they say, hey, 
do you have a business card? At least you're not patting your pockets like you left your phone in the car. You need to be ready at all times. So there's a huge difference in being prepared, having all the things in line to to have your preparation intact. And if the opportunity were to present itself tomorrow, that you are ready. If someone came to you and said, hey, listen, you're already uh, in the nursing field. We're looking for this, that, and the third. It shouldn't be a, ah, I don't have that particular credential to fulfill that. Then you weren't prepared. Especially if you knew that your dream was you wanted to be in that particular field, in that particular position, and you knew that it required a certain level of credential, then you were not prepared. If someone right now said, hey, I have this car, um, I actually have no need for it. It has low mileage on it, this, that, and the third. I'm just looking for a smooth boop and whatever the number is, right? It should not be a, oh, my goodness, I don't, I don't have that. And deep down, you knew if you would have curbed your spending, if you would have went ahead and put some of that freaking income tax, it comes every single single year. If you would have put some of that away per year, you would have had what they were requiring for you. And you wouldn't have to be on mass transit or driving the putt putt that you're putting more money in than it's actually worth, right? What is it that is your plan? What is the hindrance? And what do we... What are you doing to make sure that that dream comes to pass? I want us all to get to a place that we dream again. You literally at this point in your life should have nothing that is just a far distance one day without you having something actively pinned to paper, planning it out, what's required of you to get there. You need to be evaluating, okay, this is what I need. I so admire people who say, okay, I'm going through law school. I'm going to this particular school. I'm going to start this business. This is the grind that is I'm going to be required of me in this time and I'm going to do it. Why? So that in five years and 10 years, I'll be able to say, look at my plan. My plan has come to pass. And sometimes you got to check your plan and make sure that your motive behind it is suffice. Because a lot of us are like, oh, you know, well, my plan is one day I want a Jaguar. Why? So that people can see you have a Jaguar when you drive the Kroger to the grocery store, to the mall. I don't. So what is it? Is it that you've always wanted a Jaguar? Why? Because, you know, the Range Rover, whatever the car is, why was the car your dream? And if the motive behind that is simply a, I worked really, really hard and I want to make sure that I have a luxury item, then you know what? If you can really determine that the posture and the intent behind that dream is pure, then you go get it. Shoot, I've been working since 13 years old, starting summer youth in New York. Left Rock City, shouts out. I'll be darned if I'm driving a putt-putt forever. But for right now, it's cool. You know why? Because it's paid off. I'm actually not that flashy girl. I probably will always have an older model, whatever, because mm, as long as it can go and I can put gas in it and I can make it smell good, I'm cool. I'm really not needing. But you know what? If I'm honest, I've always wanted, and I know it's probably going to sound like, that's your dream? Yes, that's my dream. Don't knock my dream, okay? We just talked about not having your dream filtered through other people's lenses, okay? Now, 
I'm just being open because we're family now. My dream is I want a champagne color Buick Enclave. I know. I don't care. Every time I see it down the road, I'm like, oh, that's my car. I go back to that little girl in, in, in the back seat of my mother's car where her car was a hoopty, but we ain't going to talk about her. God bless her. Um, but it just brings me back to that little girl. Like, yay. That, it brings me that kind of joy. And I wanted champagne color because I seen it had like the silver outlining and all the prettiness and it's good on gas because she's frugal. I will not be at anybody's gas um, pump spending electricity money. I'm not doing it. I just, I won't. Okay. And that's my final answer. But when I start to think about that, it's like, okay, so what you doing to get there? Oh, trust and believe. She's going to get there at some point. But um, I have responsibilities. I do understand that. But what I'm trying to drive in is do not let go of the dream. Let the dream come to pass. Talk about it. Print a picture up. You know how long I had a picture up of a Buick Enclave to the point that my children like, that's your car, mommy. Yes, it is. And one day it's just going to be. It's just going to be, even if I got to get an older model, I'm not even stuck on, you know, what year it has to be. I just know it has to be um, champagne color because it's the color of royalty in my head for me. And that's just how I feel. Okay, great. But I literally was in New York saying one day I want to live in Georgia. One day, because I did not want to raise a family in New York. You know, no disrespect to my, you know, New Yorkians. Hmm? Shouts out. Hey, y'all. Um. I just didn't like the hustle and bustle. I didn't like the square footage that they offered you. I didn't like the stinky. I didn't like the, the freaking car insurance rates. Okay, we could talk about that for a couple of years, but that's fine. Um, and I just didn't like it. And I got to the point that I just said to myself, I'm looking for quality of life. Um, I'm not looking to stay, you know. I know that all my family's up there and all that's cool, but... To be honest with you, y'all winters is real, real harsh. And I say y'all because I have disconnected <laughs> from the winter of New York. But I'm New York all day, just not um, just not during the winter, okay, great. But y'all winters, brutal, okay. Um, it's Mike Tyson in them streets, and yeah, I I'm not interested. But I finally got to a place that I said, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and go to Georgia. I mean, and Trust me, your dreams has to come with you overriding what people say. Because people are like, oh, you know, such and such moved down there and they ain't really have no good job. So she came back. And um, who you know that lived down there? Oh, you only have an aunt? And it was so, I mean, if I had a quarter, I probably could buy the enclave right now for all the opinions that people had. But you know what that, what I can honestly and confidently say? At this juncture in my life, and I praise God that I'm even able to say this, there is nothing that I wanted that I have not obtained. Let that sink in. Everything that I ever wanted, I obtained. Now, trust and believe, I have goals that I want to get to within the next five years, the next 10 years, heck, even within a year from now. I continue to evaluate and sharpen, okay, what is my goal? What is it that I want? What is it I want? And it's not self-inflicted. you know, inflicted. Sometimes it's, okay, what do I want for my children? 
Okay, so now I'm on this Dave Ramsey debt-free. You know, I'm on that bandwagon. So I'm like, my children will not incur debt. So what I've done a couple of years ago is I've started building up their credit because I believe the way that this world is going, you're going to need good credit and you're going to need to know how to be financially wise. And so years ago, I went ahead and I took a credit card that I know I'm a good steward over and I assigned my children as authorized users. Now, my son is the teenager. He has the card. So, but I let him have the card because I want to try to, you know, shape his spending habits. My son is very, 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 he's not as frugal as his mother, but I mean, the boy spins. And so I'm trying to, you know, sprinkle some of the frugal spirit on him. Okay, great. Hoping that it gets to him at some point. And, you know, he just may be a big spender. So I had to sit down with him and say, okay, the way that you spend, (laughs) let me show you how to budget. So I gave him a monthly income. I said, say you bring home $2,000 a month. How are you going to how would you budget that? And we went through the budget because I wanted him to be aware at a very young age that everything that you spend has a cost. Every time that you spend, it has a price. Don't you forget to tithe. Do not forget to save. You know, I went through the whole, make sure you have tissue, okay? When you're playing PlayStation, I want you to be able to wipe your hiney, sir. I don't care nothing about the new demo that just came out. Who cares? 2K, whatever. It, it, it can wait, right? And so. I, again, I wanted this phone call to just be, don't, don't forget to dream. Don't forget to make a plan for the dream. I mean, it would absolutely suck to go your entire life just doing what appeared to be right. You get the job, you, you work your way through, you get a promotion, you get an incentive, you got the car, you get the house, so you get the apartment you really love, whatever, and then boom, that's just it. And then all the while, you either forgot to dream or you either forgot to put things into place to make the dream come to pass. That would absolutely suck. And I'm just at the point that it's like, listen, I already know what the regular life feels like. I mean, we've all done it. You apply for a job. And then, well, I mean, we, we did all that. At this point, I want the excitement and the joy that comes from bringing the plan, the dream to pass. As much, I've been working since 13. Can you imagine if I started working on what I felt I was called to do, passionate to do earlier on in life? Where would I be now? And sometimes we get stuck in that. So I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. But it's just a matter of you could be saying that very same sentence 10 years from now. Man, if I would have listened 5, 10 years ago, where would I have, where would I be? So I want you to activate that now. Remember our other conversations. I said, I want you to live the life that the 10-year you from now looks back and says, thank you for being so brave and doing fill in the blank. That's what we are aiming toward. I want you to dream. I want you to put the dream into practice. I want you to start making some realistic goals. And I want you to grind for your dream. You know, you always hear people saying, you know, you you want it bad enough, you got to grind for it. Okay, so what are you willing to do to go ahead and remove said obstacle that's hindering the dream? Because that's what it's all about. When this is all said and done, you want to be able to look back at the field of your life and said, I did everything that I was called to do. I did everything that was in my heart to do. I did everything that I felt 
was called on me, I did it for me, for my bloodline, for my children. Like you have to really feel like, listen, the world will know that you were here. Your bloodline will know that you were here. You have to do something to make your dreams come to pass. God gave you the dream. He allowed you to dream it. Now you need to go ahead and make it to pass. And I'll always hold on to this illustration when I think about making your dream come to pass. You know, we look at the fact that God gave us a tree. He didn't give us loose leaf paper. We had to make loose leaf paper and any other form of paper from a tree. God gave us, you know, he, he gave us the raw materials and then we made furniture from it. You see what I'm saying? From, from that, we were able to make houses and all kinds of things. We were able to make something out of the raw resources and materials that God gave to us. It's the same thing with your dream. God gave you, okay, listen, let me infuse in you this dream and make it make you so connected to it that every time you think of it, it does bring you a level of joy. Now it is your job to make it come to pass. It is your job. And when I say that, don't don't try to be God and try to, you know, orchestrate the whole thing. But he wants you to start working at the dream. So you have to go ahead and say, OK, God, give me a plan. Give me a strategy. What is it that I need to do? Don't always have it in your mind. Man, I've always wanted to have a clothing line so that every time you shop, there's no joy there because you always dream that that will be your tag in the shirt and that you know how to put stuff together. And man, I really wanted to be a stylist for, you know, for the stars. Or I wanted to interior design or I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, be a nurse or a doctor and have my own facility. I wanted to be a lawyer and have my own firm. I wanted, I wanted. So what are you doing to get it? Like, seriously. And sometimes it takes conversations like this for you to be like, you know what? Because most of us are at the point that it's like, I don't even really, I don't know what my dream is. I mean, outside of the obvious car, house, and yeah, but you know what? That was somebody else's dream. I'd rather you be in in a studio apartment. I'd rather you be a roommate to five different people and knowing I'm working on the dream and this won't be my life. Because you know what happens after you ascertain the tangible stuff? It gets boring. Because it's like, okay, I got that, now what? And then it's just the mundane day-to-day stuff just to maintain what you what you have now. Now you're just going to work and blah, 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 to maintain the house and maintain the car. And, all right, the kids need, they call, go ahead and, you know, they need money and blah, blah, blah. And that gets boring. I am a firm believer that once you start to tap into dream, to purpose, to your God-given assignment, it starts to unlock levels. Like if you think about, let's just think about someone that we all can kind of tap into. So Beyonce, I was getting ready to say T.D. Jakes, but I wanted to bring up my girl first. Beyonce. So when she was younger, she wanted to sing. Okay, God gave you that dream. So she dedicated her entire childhood, it seemed like, because uh, she, you know, was teenage and she was in a girl group. So she was in a girl group, girl, girls' time. Okay, that didn't really go too far. So then they had to tweak some stuff. And then they, okay, you got Destiny Child. 
Destiny's Child went off and they did some stuff and it was amazing. And okay, you broke all these records for the girl groups and okay, I'm a limit, independent. Oh, yeah. Okay, I like that. I'm a survivor. Okay, we got all that. But now she then goes from the girl group to then kind of dabble into okay, I want to do something solo. Okay, she went to something solo and then it was okay, I'm going to do a clothing line. And then she went ahead and did a perfume line. And then she went ahead. Do you see how that dream just kept unlocking other dreams? Do you see what I'm saying? Rihanna went from singing to unlocking almost along the same lines. I mean, literally, I am, a, I am a believer. I promise you. Your dream is connected to other segments that you didn't even unlock yet. Just get to the first phase so you can see, oh, because I also believe that once you tap into that dream and you start to get a taste of what it feels like to unlock your purpose, it becomes low key addictive to the point that you're like, I don't want to live regular no more. I was working real hard for somebody else, nine to five. I don't want to do that. If I'm going to work hard, it's going to be for, for the greater gain of me and my bloodline. You see what I'm saying? So go back to the drawing board. What's your dream? Wake it back up. Let's put a plan and purpose. Let's Listen, go get you a composition book. Real talk, because I'm always telling you to write something down. Go get you a composition book, number two pencil, ball, blue pen, whatever you like to write with, and say, okay, I am going to write down my dream. I'm going to write down the hurdle to my dream. And then I am going to write down a five-year plan of attack. You may even see it that it may not even take you that long. You may be like, oh, I could have had this three years ago. Right. Right. But you got to be willing to identify those hurdles and change the behaviors that, that's attached to those hurdles. You're going to have to change the way you look at money, change the way you spend money, change the way you've been making money. But it's all in your prayer to identify, okay, what's my God? What's the strategy, God? Because I want to unlock this next level of my purpose. You don't know where it's going to take you. You already know what a regular life leads to. It's regular. It's regular, regular. Can we do something different? Can we? But listen, you know, these conversations are thought provoking conversations to get you to think about something in a new way to say, I, you know what, I really didn't think about it like that. Or you may be in the midst of it and you're like, I'm trying, you know what, so just continue to prepare. I promise you when opportunity comes, you, you will not regret the fact that you were waiting and prepared. That's a totally different feeling that there should be a confidence behind that. Because there's people missing opportunities. You're just waiting on one. There should be a different level of like, yeah, I'm just waiting for God to call my number. Because once I get in the game, it's over. Right? And that should be your mindset. Don't let nobody beat you up because you're in waiting mode. It's preparation mode is what it is. You're just waiting. It's like a woman ready to give birth. She, her due date is around or about. But you know what? She's just waiting. Don't have nobody let you. Are you still pregnant? Yes, I am. I'm still pregnant with my dreams, still pregnant with my purpose. Thank God that I'm still pregnant because once I give birth, it's over. Yeah, you ain't never going to see a baby like this. I'm I'm going to, listen, I've been wanting this thing so long. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's over once I get my hands on it. You understand? But as my good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. 
I'm going to go ahead and let you dream. Matter of fact, when you're done, um, text me your list just so I can make sure that, no, because I want to make sure that you did it. All right. That may be a little bit, you know, invasion of privacy. Just text me that you bought your composition book. Can you just do it so that I can know that you serious about your dream? Can you do that for me? Okay. All right. I comp all right, compromise. It's good. But all right, go ahead and get it. And I'm going um, to holler at you later. Okay. Later. <laughs>